Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Born in 1828, Horatio Spafford grew into a successful lawyer and real estate investor in Chicago. A religious man, Spafford was a devout Presbyterian and was close friends with several evangelists, including the famous Dwight L. Moody, also from Chicago. In an amazing wave of bad luck, Spafford's two-year-old son passed away. And then Spafford's fortune evaporated in the wake of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Having invested heavily in real estate along Lake Michigan shoreline, he lost everything overnight. But the worst was yet to come. In order to get away from Chicago, Spafford planned a European trip for his family in 1873. In November of that year, Due to unexpected last-minute business developments, he had to remain in Chicago, but he sent his wife and four daughters on ahead as scheduled on the SS Ville de Havre. He expected to follow in just a few days. On November 22nd, the ship was struck by the Lockhorn, an English vessel, and sank in 12 minutes. Several days later, the survivors finally landed at Cardiff, Wales, and Mrs. Spafford sent a telegram to her husband with only two words, saved alone. Spafford immediately boarded a ship to join his wife in Wales. As they sailed the same path of the first ill-fated ship, Horatio asked the captain of the ship to point out the location of the wreck that had taken the lives of his four daughters. When they came to that place, he stood on deck contemplating the horrible things that had happened to his family. But then, overwhelmed with a sense of peace and the knowledge that his daughters were not at the bottom of the ocean, but rather were with God, he retired to his cabin where he wrote the words we sing often in this church. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well, with my soul. We do not live in a safe world. Lately, it feels like we're living on top of a powder keg. It seems like every day there's a new mass shooting, a new abuse of power, and new conflict in our world, in our city, in our neighborhood. We have all had experiences of tremendous loss or waves of rotten luck or indescribable pain. Horrible things happen to people who do not deserve it. We live in a world where evil exists, natural disasters occur, and where innocents do die. No one knew that better than Horatio Stafford, who lost all of his children and all of his wealth in one fell swoop. So, how could he write, much less sing, this hymn? How could one who has lost so much proclaim, it is well with my soul? Some passages of scripture need some context. 
They need study, exposition, deep theological thoughts. But Bible study and devotional time with Scripture can be very different. Instead of reading Scripture with our head, in devotion, we approach Scripture with our hearts. Instead of focusing on the historical context or the writer's intention and devotion, we are reading the words out of context and reflecting on how they make us feel, what we're hearing the Holy Spirit say, and thinking about how we relate to them that week. And today's scriptures, especially Psalm 23 and the Gospel, are perfect examples of scripture worthy of devotion. We have Good Shepherd Sunday every year, and there is a reason. Psalm 23 is at least our most recognized psalm, if not our most beloved. It is the psalm chosen by the family at almost every funeral I have ever presided over. It brings an instant sense of calm whenever it is read. And no matter what the demographics of the crowd, whether in a church or at a graveside, everyone seems to feel a sense of comfort even if they're not sure why. This gospel is equally well-known. Many of us grew up with portraits of a young, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus carrying a tiny sheep, either in his arms or over his neck. Many of us have baptism banners decorated with little sheep. And I'm sure hunting around this church, we can find little sheep somewhere, either on the communion rail pillows or in the stained glass. And while I heard these two pieces of scripture over and over again, while they brought me some comfort with their imagery, after all, who doesn't love cute, cuddly sheep? I don't think I considered the depth of Good Shepherd Sunday until I did a training class for a children's Christian formation program called Godly Play. Many of you are already familiar with Godly Play. Some of you have even taught it here at St. Andrews. Since September, Sally has had godly play classes here on campus almost every Sunday for any of the kiddos in your life. But for those of you who are not yet familiar with godly play, it is a Montessori-style course where the stories of the Bible are told through simple felt pieces and wooden figures. It is quiet. It is contemplative. And it allows kids to enter the stories of the Bible in ways we rarely get to as adults. As part of the godly play training, you sit in the circle like children and get to hear many of the stories being told by your colleagues. So on the second or third day of training, I sat crisscross applesauce on the floor that morning, ready to hear yet another story about the desert or about mustard seeds or about Jesus. When the storyteller started unrolling a green piece of felt as she launched into the first few words, I am the good shepherd. She led a shepherd with small sheep figurines into green pastures. She led them around still waters. Finally, she led them through dark and scary places and out again. And then, after bringing the sheep back to safety within a tiny felt pin, she asked us which sheep we thought we were in the story. As I looked at the little black sheep that happened to be trying to escape the pin, 
I thought about all the ways I was like that sheep. I am hard-headed and always trying to make my own way. I am quick to get excited and take off running. Sometimes I even forget I'm a sheep. But I know the voice of my shepherd, and I hear him when he calls. He has used his hook to bring me along ways I could have never imagined. And I've even felt him whack me with his crook a few times when I've gone too far. (laughs) I also know my shepherd loves me and will always bring me back home. Being a sheep is not an insult, as we may think of it sometimes today. It does not make us stupid or lemmings. Being a sheep means we are cared for, we are protected, we are valuable. God doesn't promise life will be easy or fun or safe. Sometimes food is scarce. Sometimes there is a hole in our pen and we wander off. And sometimes wolves do attack. But God does promise that he will be with us. He will lead us to green pastures and by still waters. He guides us along right pathways and even walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death or through the dark and scary places if you're a five-year-old. He will use his rod and staff to keep you going even if you don't want to because God has anointed you. He has chosen you. You are a sheep of his own fold, a lamb of his own flock, a sinner of his own redeeming. His goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So no, we don't live in a safe world, but we are loved by a good God. We serve a God who is with us in the midst of peace like a river and sorrows like sea billows. And that's why and how Horatio Spafford was able to write this hymn. Because no matter how our earthly life shakes out, no matter if we live rich lives surrounded by family or live lives marked by struggle and pain, our earthly life is short and limited. But the life God offers us, eternal life, is full of love without pain and available to all who follow him. God is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. He will guide us, and we will follow him, and we will dwell with him forever. And that is well with my soul. Amen.